everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. And this is T Outlaw. And we are back with a new episode of the Gourmet Goober Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. Um, that's my main place as of right now. Of course, with everything going on on Twitter, we're not really sure how long that's going to like function. But until then, I'm going to be there until the party's over. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. And in every episode, I'm here with that dude, um, the Dark Desperado, the big man in charge, um, Tiala. Hey, how's it going? That's me. Yes. <laughs> hey, kids, you can find me. I still tweet, at least for today, on Twitter at Tiala. That would be T-O-U-T-L-A-W because I can spell. And on Instagram at Tiala Chelsea Wells. Yes, you can find us on Facebook, even though I admittedly hate Facebook, which is hilarious because I work in social media in my day job. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works about, but if you want to go to Facebook, feel free. You can do so, and you can find us at the Gourmet Goober blog. Why, you ask? Because before we came a show, we were the Gourmet Goober of Food Block base here in Chicagoland. Which, by the way, did you know that we will be turning 10 years, the Gourmet Goober, um, as of next month? Did you know that? No, I did not. Yes. <laughs> we are an OG of food blocking people. <laughs> and, of course, we turned that into a show. Um, speaking of that, um, the show, which put a pin in that, I'll go back and share some really cool news in a minute. But um, you can also send us a line, tell us about the show, share your favorite recipe, share with us the best thing you ate this week, and maybe we'll have it in the third section of our podcast. You can do so at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. You can buy some swag, you know, help keep the lights on because <laughs> we record from home. And you can do so at gooberswag.com. So, yeah. We are just a one-stop shop of stuff. <laughs> yes, please be kind. Yes, please be kind. <laughs> so, I mentioned the show's turning... Well, the show itself is not turning 10 years. The Gourmet Goober brand is turning um, 10 years old, which I'm so super psyched about. Um, for those of you who are new, because I met quite a few cool people um, at a podcast convention that I went to for indie podcasters, um, I believe last week. Yeah. And it was really, really awesome. So shout out to all of you that I had a chance to connect with. Um, but got a, quite a few questions about my name and where it came from, but more importantly, they all went to my website and they're like, Oh my gosh, there's like recipes and stuff. I was like, yeah, we started off with a food blog. Um, so it's amazing to think how my life has changed over the past 10 years when I just started my little section of the internet just to document my time away from the Chicago suburbs when I move, you know, over the border to Northwest Indiana. But that blog has totally changed my life. I mean, it gave me a new career. Um, it gave me an opportunity to be on television, on radio, um, I did food tours throughout the Chicagoland area um, to great acclaim. Um, it's, it's really amazing 
all that's happened because of that blog. Yes, Goober has <laughs> like transferred that into a great meet and greet social experience with a lot of really cool people. Yes, and I've dragged you along the way. A few times. A few times. So, Chicken and dragging. So whether or not we found ourselves judging like the world's largest, what was it, like the hog roast? Oh, the hog fight. The hog fight in oh, Chicago. Yes. <laughs> to getting treated to just a bowl of bacon at Fogo de Chao, <laughs> where they waited on us hand and foot. That was kind of bizarre. To all the great... um when season 52 was a presence here and I was one of their selected bloggers to review, you know, their new food items and things like that to meeting Carla Hall and, you who know, still Tyler, gives the best hugs. Who gives the best hugs in the entire freaking world. Yes. To Tyler Florence. Um, to, like I said, our writing career. Oh my gosh. Remember the time that we found ourselves at this, um, black tie event for the, the Chicago, Chicago Auto, Auto Show. Show. Yes. And I was like, yes, I'm going to dress all nice. You know, I had this really banging dress. And then I had this crazy idea that I was going to walk in high heels. And I was in my stocking feet in what, like 10 minutes after I got there. And amongst a whole lot of other women. Mama don't do heels. <laughs> Yeah, she was definitely like, you know, she started off like, you know, with the super glam, super heels. And then I think she and a whole bunch of other ladies uh, ended up like walking around like Viola Davis. Yeah. I, if you guys ever see, okay, what was the name of the show, Viola? How to Get Away with Murder, right? Yes. And Viola Davis is scared of walking in heels. Baby, that's me. <laughs> that is me in real life. Once again, uh, <laughs> shout out to Viola Davis, our newest EGOT. Woohoo! That's right. She just got an EGOT with her winning her Grammy. So, yes. yes. But yeah, every time I see that sister walk across the room in those heels of that show, I'm like, look, I'm with you. <laughs> I am built for comfort, not for speed. And that includes not walking around in heels. But I've always told you, it's a fan of horror. Wearing flats are very, and sneakers, as I spend my days in, are very practical. Because if you see those movies, like, no one in The Walking Dead is teetering around in high heels, okay? They're all wearing shit-kicking boots <laughs> and sneakers because you need to run those motherfucking zombies. <laughs> True. So just know I will at least survive that part of the <laughs> zombie apocalypse because I'm not in high heels. Yeah, if it I, was, go ahead. no, if it was left up to the Goomer, <laughs> she would like, oh, there are zombies coming. Oh, I'm glad I have my converse on. That's right. See, there you go. Yes. <laughs> Once again, recognition to Viola Davis for her EGAT, only because I don't want Viola Davis to come for me when I talk about her walking in them damn shoes. No, I already said I do the same thing. There's no shade in my book. Okay. But the point I'm trying to make is I've had some really incredible experiences thanks to the blog. And when we decided to turn the blog into a podcast, it's really opened up a whole new set of experiences that we could never imagine. And we're so grateful for that. 
including da 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 da. And you may notice that it's Black History Month. It is. And Apple Podcasts um, has chosen us to feature as a you know Black podcast to follow and honor Black History Month. So really? I'm really just shocked that we were selected. <laughs> I am too. Especially since, you know, some of the other podcast shows, just to give you an idea where our show sits. Okay. So if you're like me, I'm a huge podcast fan. I listen to a lot of podcasts that are hosted by people of color, particularly um, black and brown and indigenous hosts, because I, I feel you know, we're part of a community that doesn't always get a lot of love when you think about who gets featured normally as podcast hosts. Um, but a lot of the shows that I really love, you know, the Black Guy Who Tips podcast is part of this elite group that Apple Podcasts is featuring and set across on this page. The Read, um, hosted by Kid Fury and Chris Watts, they're the OG of podcasting in my book. And part of the reason why that we decided to take the jump and turn the goober into a podcast. Um, Nicole Byer, whose show is massive and is produced by, of all people, Conan O'Brien, is part of this list. So you have all of these shows that are well-established, that are well-produced in the case of Nicole Byer, who has a lot of money. And then you have us. <laughs> We're recording this at our dining room table as we speak. <laughs> okay, I can only speak for me, but, you know, yes. I am very excited because, yes, I am black. I am black every month and black every week. But, yes, we are, exactly. we are broke by broke. <laughs> so, please, y'all, buy some swag, okay? <laughs> That's right. Initiate our frat. Yeah. <laughs> but even beyond that. It's just amazing because it feels really good to be recognized because just to tell you guys what happens behind the scenes, Big Daddy and I jumping on the mic in order to record, it's just some of the things that happen to put the podcast out. So even after we're done recording, I taught myself how to do the editing. You know, I found out how to take out an alarm a couple of weeks ago. And just completely edited out. And I was like, dude, I feel like Superwoman. <laughs> I give her a great deal of, of credit because she, if she can take out all of the doggy producers, barks and whines and screams, hey, you earn your, your stripes. Yes. But beyond that, everything from planning, because we do have a production meeting. I know sometimes you listen to our show and, and it just seems like, oh, those people are just literally off the rails and sometimes it is but believe it or not there's a method to our madness and we put that together um all week long so from deciding what topics to discuss to even the images that gets placed on social media you know the uploads that i do for our youtube page to our website and keeping that up to date yeah, I'm pretty much, we're like a two-person party over here. <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> so the idea that, why would you say one and a half? <laughs> one and a half. I'm just here, you know, to look good. I'm the trophy husband. <laughs> okay. 
But the point I'm trying to make is there's just so much that happens behind the scenes to get the episode out. And then keep in mind, some podcasters have the luxury of this being their main job. We both have like jobs that we have to do. (laughs) We both have 40 hour weeks. So we negotiate all of that behind the scenes with 40 full 40 hour weeks that we do. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's a lot. So, so to be honored with those shows, it really was a wonderful, um, surprise. So you guys can check it out. It's in the in everything section, um, at Apple podcasts. I'll put a link of it to the show notes. And we just want to say thank you, Apple, for recognizing us and, And certainly the listeners that are out there that probably brought us to Apple's attention, we're very, very grateful to you as well. So thank you. Thank you so much. And we like to say to Apple, we give you such thanks for putting us, you know, in that spot and recognizing us. We really appreciate it. And we will do our best to stay black as much as we can. Well, I don't think Apple has anything to do that. Okay, whoever put it together and recognized us. I mean, thank you. We we just go be black whether or not. I mean, that's just it. Yeah, I can't really change that. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing that can help that. No, no, you cannot. So outside of that, um, how was your week, Big Daddy? Uh, my week was uh pretty quiet. I know that we are kind of smooth and closer to Valentine's Day, which means, you know, I have to, you know, go look for, I don't know, Valentine's flowers Mm. and amongst other things. But uh, for the most part, there's one. Two, I know we got a lot of things coming up uh, in the upcoming weeks that we need to uh, get ourselves together and work on. But for the most part, it is just good to be alive. And then 2023, because it's just, it's beautiful out here. And we also like to give thanks for the weather for not being as crazy here as it is in other places. Oh, yeah. We, we're we really happy about that. Yes. <laughs> and someone who lives close to um, Lake Michigan and all the fabulous, you know, lake effects snow that comes with that. <laughs> Very happy about the weather. Yeah, keeping our fingers crossed. It's not... I mean, I know there's been a lot of problems out in the southeast and southwest of the United States and California, way out northwest. But so far, fingers crossed, we've been blessed not to get really crazy snow or freezing rain and stuff like that. But winter is not over. That groundhog still saw a shadow and there's still foolishness afoot that we still have to wait for. We're just going to stay quiet and hopefully it passes by us. One. Big Daddy's mad as hell that groundhog, let me just say. Yeah, I sincerely brought, brought the dog out on February 2nd. And if we saw a groundhog coming out of the ground, I was going to put Braxton on, on work. And Braxton probably would have licked it to death. Well, he would have chased it first. Well, yeah, that too. He wouldn't have saw no shadow that day. <laughs> so the Super Bowl is also coming up for you too, right? That is correct. The Super Bowl 57 between... The Kansas City Chiefs and 
the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I'm not going to be watching because we've talked about it before. I'm not an NFL fan for a number of reasons. But I know that you love football. So yep. is there anyone in particular you're going to be cheering for? No, no. Pretty much once the Titans. Of course, the Bears, of course, were never going to be in it. Because uh, they have the number one pick in the NFL draft, unless they find a way to trade that away. Um, but no, I don't really have a favorite. I mean, I know I have family in Kansas City. I have one or two friends in Philadelphia. Um, but no, don't have a favorite. I'm pretty much just going for a really good game between two African-American quarterbacks. So you give it up, one. But two, I mean, hell, there's the halftime show with Rihanna. Rihanna. And, uh, of course, there are commercials, so that's pretty much what I'm rooting for. Now, in terms of food, now, you'll actually be working, though, right? Yeah, I work almost every Super Bowl. <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I, I usually try to make you something really nice when you're working from home, which we're both doing now, thanks to the Rona. Um, I, I won't. Well, not that you eat guacamole anyway. I was going to say I won't be able to make guacamole because my blender blew up earlier this week. I'm not going to ask exactly how that <laughs> happened. All I know is I put the little thing down. It's one of those like bullet blenders, you know, where you stuff everything in and you add liquid and you kind of lock it in place. And it just runs automatically for like 90 seconds or however long it's it's preset to do. Very loudly. Yes, very loudly. And I know that this last time when I put it on there, it ate the bottom of the blender. <laughs> I guess it was just like, no, lady, not another green smoothie. I am done. <laughs> so no guac or no dip for you until I get another blender. But you were telling me that you usually, well, I know you're very particular about your Super Bowl foods, right? Yeah, technically I am. I mean, both all to all foods, but you know, for those who who know me, know that I particularly like a lot of really good, um, of course, like chips. I'm not really a dip person, but I really admit that yeah, sometimes I'll like hook up some like some mini corn dogs, you know, with different sauces. Um, also a big fan of like you know getting like some really good, and I mean some really really good like good chicken wings. I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to like, you know, consider like, you know, maybe turkey wings because, you know, there's always a chicken wing shortage around this time of year. But, you know, I'm always a big fan of some good wings. Well, about that chicken wing shortage, we're going to talk about the next segment, what really happened probably to those chicken wings. So if there's none in your area. <laughs> we yeah. may know where they are. And that's all I'm going to say. Stick around mm. for the next segment. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I'm a really good fan of the wings, you know, some good chips, you know, some good drinks. I'm not really a person who drinks a lot of alcohol. So, you know, I always find like, you know, a good, you know, good thing to either blend or, you know, just really get some good, you know, things to hang out in Batman and for the most part, the, the mini corn dogs. That's pretty much my thing. What about you? You, you said mini corn dogs like three times, so I think you're telling me to get you mini corn dogs. 
You ain't got to do a damn thing. I'm showing up and I'm, there will be many corn dogs in the house. That's, that's really, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm just like, he said many corn dogs like two or three times. So really, this whole segment is really secretly telling his wife, you are getting me many corn dogs, right? Somehow, some way, there will be many corn dogs in the house, whether you pick them up or I pick them up. Somehow, many corn dogs will end up in the house somewhere this weekend. Okay. So, ladies saying. and gentlemen, I guess I'm getting many corn dogs. Um, I'm happy as long as there's wings. I wish they were lemon pepper loo wings, which are the best wings in the world, I have to say. Yes. <laughs> From Magic City. But yes, you know, the adult establishment. We'll talk about that later. In the ATL, <laughs> shouts out. <laughs> but yes. Um, so we know that there will be good snacks and apparently many corn dogs at our house. <laughs> that's okay. I'm good with that. <laughs> because that's what makes the Super Bowl nice and bright. Nice. So I tell you what, why don't we take a break? <laughs> why I, I guess, search the internet for some mini corn dogs. When we come back. We will be talking about the chicken wings <laughs> as far as three stories that meets the cross section of food and pop culture. And you're wanna gonna you're going to want to stick around for the story because when we talked about it in our production meeting, we laughed literally for at least a good twenty minutes. It's one of those stories that it made us laugh initially for twenty minutes, right? And then, you know, hours later at dinner one of us is like cutting into dinner and we look at each other and we start laughing again because it was just that hilarious. Because we stand a legend. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Hopefully you'll join us in that feeling. So you're listening to the Gourmet Guru Podcast. We will be right back. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily. And we're the hosts of A Dark Cup of History Tea, a spin-off series to our regular podcast, A Nice Cup of History Tea, where we dive headfirst into the weird and paranormal aspects of the world we all live in. If you want to know your woman in red from your woman in white, or precautions to take against demonic dolls, and just where to go to find Black Shuck on a moonlit night, why not give us a listen? Together we talk about the dark, creepy, and downright terrifying parts of our history and folklore, as well as what you should do if you ever encounter any of them. Interested? Come and find us in Buzzsprout, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts. So turn on the lights, grab a blanket and some rock salt, and and let's let's get get dark. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we are back with the second section of the Gourmet Goober podcast. This is what we call What's Eating Us, where we share three stories that sit at the intersection of food and pop culture. Sometimes they make us laugh. Sometimes they make us think. I have to say this, <laughs> this group of stories definitely fell into the laugh section of <laughs> what we were. One share that it's probably was the best pre-production meeting that we've had in a long time. Just trying to decide which stories to share with everybody. Because everyone is you very much unique. <laughs> exactly. It's funny because we normally, just to show you how the sausage is made, 
when we put together the stories um, and what to present, um, we share the stories with each other all week long. Like we send each other texts like, oh my God, you have to see this. Oh my God, you have to check this out. And we usually try to, although we're not successful. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we used to usually try to have like a theme that ties the stories together, right? There's like a naturalist to what we select. This time they're just completely random, but we love the story so much we have to share. <laughs> yeah, connection is crazy. Yes, and the third story, I just love it because what I just discovered while I was researching the story. But we'll talk about that later, okay? <laughs> so first up, we're going to talk about Oreos, which have been on supermarket shelves. I don't know if you know this. Oreos have actually been around since the early 1910s. 1910? Yes. In fact, early 1912 is the first time that supermarket shelves have saw Oreos. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. So it's... You know, according to Food and Wine, it's been around for a long time. And so over 100 years later, it's, you know, crazy to imagine, but they're still going strong. It's one of the oldest snacks that are out there. And they're still putting out wild-ass flavors, you know, like the Neapolitan, the Snickerdoodle, which, by the way, we never get gave you the chance to try the Snickerdoodle, right? No. Big Daddy loves the Snickerdoodle. Let me I just love say. Snickerdoodles. <laughs> Snickerdoodles are my love language. <laughs> so earlier this week, or last week to be exact, Oreos decided to let people know that they are coming out with another limited edition flavor, which has pretty much been a way that they've kept the brand going and revitalized the brand um, for some time now. And get this, it is called the most Oreo Oreo. Let that sink in. The most Oreo of Oreos. <laughs> it's like the most outrageous of outrageous. <laughs> well, it's like it's like a meta Oreo. That's what they're calling it. It's a meta Oreo. Or it could be the most basic of basics. No, no, no. It's not basic. I, I, we've talked about this. I actually, I actually surprised they've not come up with this before. Okay. Okay. So what this is, which they call a meta cookie, <laughs> which I love it, takes two chocolate flavor base cakes, which, by the way, I, I love it when I learn new things, you know, kind of like the sniglet and learning that the dust from Cheetos is called Cheeto. Right. Well, the name for the top and the bottom of the Oreo cookie is called base cakes. Okay, so they take two chocolate flavor base cakes and in between they put an extra large, most stuff amount of cream filling in between it. But it's not just regular cream, Oreo cream. No. The cream has actual bits of Oreos in it. So it's an Oreo stuffed Oreo cookie. Mind blown. <laughs> I thought that was full of <laughs> random Crisco. Okay. Technically, the Oreo cream is random Crisco that has other stuff in it, which is why that I choose not to eat a lot of Oreos, because even though I love Oreos, knowing what's in it and realizing that my waistline would not like it, I 
normally avoid Oreos. And you're right. A lot of it is what's, you know, that cream is based in Crisco. <laughs> I'm just intrigued because, I mean, Oreos are very good. Oh, they're hella good. And they usually are used or, you know, crunched up to make, you know, concoctions that are, like, made in other bakery dishes. But now they're like, we're going to, like, co-op that and we're going to, like, make an Oreo out of the stuff that you used to make other stuff out of. We're just going to make an Oreo out of another Oreo. It's like a mystery built in a quandary, built in a maze. No, no, no. You know what it is, right? <laughs> Remember that line from Tropic Thunder? I'm the dude playing the dude disguised as another dude. <laughs> I'm the dude next to the other dude. No, playing by the other dude disguised as the dude. I'm that dude. You always get the line wrong. Okay, you guys. So did he. We're he didn't get it wrong. It's his line. I know. <laughs> we're obsessed with Tropic Thunder. Oh, my God. Big Daddy. <laughs> That's another conversation for another day. Um, we're Downing Jr. If, you, if this ever gets to you, your character in that movie is so wrong and yet so funny. We stand a legend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the I'm the dude playing the dude describe. Big Daddy will quote that all the time, but then he gets it, like, wrong all the time. Yeah, but it's so much fun if you just take it, <laughs> just take it all the way around. But, yeah, <laughs> it was just scary because of, like, you know, what he had to do to become the character. But at the same time, yes, it was one of the craziest movies out there. But anyway. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. Yes. <laughs> so, Okay. So the cookie enough is mind-blowing. But then what they decide to do is they're using the cookie to launch something that is called the Oreoverse, <laughs> which is its online metaverse experience. So you go to the Oreoverse where you can play cookie-themed games and try for a against, chance rather to win a grand prize of $50,000. 50 thousand dollars so imagine how many oreos you can buy with fifty thousand dollars <laughs> quite a bit you can buy a car <laughs> and slap the you know the word oreo that is true it'll still be a better idea than when the miami police decided to put... oh my god did you see that for black history month they decided to do a black history month police car the miami police did okay i know this is this this foolishness is about to be a thing. Yo, it even has Kenty cloth on it. Oh, good lord. <laughs> I, I make it stop, Daddy. I know. I saw that and I was like, please don't celebrate with us. You are not allowed to celebrate Black History Month with us. No, go back to your regularly scheduled lives. Leave us out of that. But anyway. I guarantee you the car that you came up with with the Oreo for 50000 Probably a better idea. And you can pick up other Oreos for any money left over from the 50000 That is true. <laughs> so according to Julia Rosenblum, who is actually an Oreo senior brand manager, they did this because Oreo's a cookie that Bakes we played with. And so we wanted to 
create new opportunities for our plans to connect with each other and share that playful spirit. And the Morse Oreo Oreo cookie. <laughs> oh my God, say that three times fast. The most Oreo Oreo cookie gives fans a new way to playfully engage with us. So you, if you wanted to actually check it out, I'll put a link to the cookie or I'll put a link to the Oreo verse itself. And we looked at it before we hopped on the mic. Yes. A lot of it. Okay. I'm just going to talk for me. I don't really understand the appeal of the metaverse because they've tried versions of the metaverse before, like, you know, real life. And it just seems like an updated version of IRC when we were college. That's That's, a shot way back from the past. Yes. That said, if you wanted to go to it there, it does look pretty cute. So there's like a giant thing of milk that you can dunk your Oreos in. And yeah, there's just a whole bunch of features and games. You can go on it. The most Oreo of Oreo cookies. They've started reg. Pre-registering so you can order yourself because it's a limited time offer. I think it's only offered at Walmart and Target. Um, as of the recording of this podcast, if you go to Walmart.com, they're sold out. But, but. And, I and I didn't tell you this, right? There's still some available at Target. You can't pick them up in your local stores yet. You can have them shipped to you. Guess who's getting their own? Most Oreo Oreo. <laughs> Dude, are you clapping next to the mic? But yes, yes, you. We're, I, 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 order, I ordered one because, dude, I can't not have a most Oreo Oreo cookie. I want the experience. Yeah, we at least need to partake <laughs> of it and speak about it in future episodes. Only for research, of course. Exactly. Only for research. Yeah, this is because we're foodies here at the Gourmet Goober podcast, and we know that not everyone can get their hands on the most Oreo Oreo. Um, And we'll put a link again in the show notes. So if you want to try to score your own, you can. You know, these limited edition ones seem to go really fast. That said, we'll we'll try and, and share our thoughts. I agree. I concur. <laughs> I'll tell you how I feel after I eat it. So, first of all, how do you feel about the most Oreo Oreo? And then do you think this would open up a trend, right? So, maybe, I know you came up in, like, our production meeting, like, the most pizza of pizzas where they'll have a pizza stuffed with another pizza. Yes. <laughs> that is one of the things I have, and I know that we we make fun of, I guess, other people make fun of the fact that, you know, Chicago's so what famous for their deep dish pizzas. But the thing about a a good pizza stuffed with something is like you could literally stuff anything inside of a pizza. True. Very true. Yeah. Cause trust me, a lot of people have put a lot of different toppings on a pizza. So you say to yourself, make one big pizza and you just throw the kitchen sink plus three other things in it. So I would do I endorse like, you know, the most pizza of pizzas. But remember, it has to be meta, so it's not just in toppings. It has to have another pizza in it. Yes. That's why I'm like, I'm gonna throw a New York size pizza because it's thin inside oh. of a Chicago pizza. You know, mixed in 
with the quandary of a California pizza. Maybe so it's like a turducken of pizza. Yes. With <laughs> First a of all, crust. How, how big would this pizza slice be? <laughs> it, you know, you can make <laughs> jokes because, once again, you make fun of Chicago pizza. But thus, it's piled higher than a lot of things that... Mm. <laughs> it's gonna be a big pie. We're gonna say that. Yes. Yeah. So I fully endorse that. But yes, I endorse like you know the big, the most pizza, pizza, and the like the sausage of sausages, a sausage inside of another sausage, <laughs> disguised as a sausage. <laughs> I believe in this sausage. <laughs> they should actually call that sausage Tropic Thunder. Yes. <laughs> I would endorse the Tropic Thunder <laughs> sausage. The most burgers, the most burgerified burger. <laughs> I believe in that myself. It's like a burger inside of another burger. So it'd be like a Juicy Lucy. But instead of cheese, it's another burger. That's right. And see, that intrigued our dog so much. He actually got up and he's here. Our doggy producer wants to say he approves this message. Yeah, as soon as he heard meat, he like shows up. He was snoring on the couch five minutes ago, just to give you guys some context. As always. Which kind of challenges me, because I don't know how I'm going to get rid of that. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so, thank you, Oreos, for creating something that is so crazy that we will have to try to report back to everybody. Because we're helpers. Yes, we are. <laughs> and I'm also going to reveal... The, con- the other confession I have about Oreos. What? I have a confession about Oreos. Where did this come from? I never. No, I've always had it since I was real little, but I, I don't know if I'm going to reveal it. I might reveal it later on. Well, you can't just say something like that and then. I'm going to leave it hanging. Okay. We're going to talk about what's a perfect or what's not. Because I'm your wife and I don't know what you're about to say. Every time I'm I'm hanging around you, I'm like, I shock you. So, why not add more to the tale? You know, I, I have to say, I'm not sure if shock is, like, the proper context. Cause okay, horrify. <laughs> horrify may be closer to it, like, when we watch Purple Rain, I'm like, wait, you're not cheering for the kid? How do you watch the movie and cheer for the time? Because <laughs> there are tremendous funk man that was upstaged by a petulant you know rocker dude with daddy issues so i fear just like discovering that about you will further make me wonder why we got married and maybe i should have asked more questions yes (laughs) i would say so but if if you want to hint this kind of goes back to our ice cream cone discussion I don't know if people understand. I've, I've never shared the ice cream school discussion. Okay. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to be continued. So, outside of that, the second story, because normally I try to do a bridge between stories. There is no bridge. We are including this story because it literally made us laugh for 15 minutes. Because <laughs> As we talk about standing a legend, this next person is truly in my heart of hearts. Well, she is incarcerated. The real MVP. (laughs) 
So this is the story that actually took place in the Chicago suburb of Harvey, where a former official in the school district named Vera Liddell, she's actually the former director of food services at Harvey School District 152. And she was recently indicted because they felt that she had a very... Say it. She, she has a very distinct love, we think, of chicken wings. And I know you're thinking, I love chicken wings. Most of you who are out there, you've probably had a really good chicken wing, right? America really loves chicken wings. Yeah, America apparently loves chicken wings so much that we reported in a previous story of our podcast during the pandemic, you might recall, where there was a shortage of chicken wings, where it was so bad that places like Wingstop, which, you know, wings in the name, they actually stopped serving chicken wings and briefly served chicken thighs and they rebranded themselves thigh stop, right? So you're probably wondering, where the hell did all the chicken wings go? Because a comedian, Cat Williams, puts it so eloquently, it's not like you see all these chickens running around with thighs but no wings attached. Right. They're apparently wings somewhere. We just need to know where they are. Well, ladies and gentlemen... We have had that answer for you. Because Vera Liddell stole more than $1.5 million worth of chicken wings from Gordon's Food Service. Over 11,000 cases of chicken wings. That is a great deal. <laughs> Let me emphasize, a great deal of chicken wings. 11,000 cases of chicken wings. Now, this alleged scheme actually happened during the height of the COVID pandemic, where I don't know, because I know that a lot of schools around the country, they were fighting closures related to COVID, but Illinois were not one of the schools, right? So they closed their schools on state order and was mostly done by virtual learning. So despite the fact that children were learning remotely, from February 20th, sorry, from July 2020 to February 2022, she placed hundreds of unauthorized orders for food items, including 11,000 cases of chicken wings alone, for which the district was billed more than $1.5 million through school district vendor Gordon Food Service. The purchases were made separately from legitimate orders made by the school district. Okay. So Gordon Food Service believed that all the purchases were authorized and they built the district for everything. And the district paid the bills, including the one for the unauthorized service purchases. But what happened was in January, they conducted an audit. Of course they did. And that's when they discovered, like, yo... We're over $300,000 over our annual budget, with the school year being only half over. What's going on? So surveillance video showed that she would show up at Gordon's Food Service to pick up the food orders and leave with them in a district cargo van. So not only did she steal the chicken, but she, quote unquote, borrowed the van to legitimize the order. She borrowed the company vehicle yeah. and took, you know... Picked up these uh, these purchases. Now, here's the kicker, okay? 
if this is not insane enough, the school district doesn't even serve chicken wings to students because they contain bones. That's right. Think about it. When, when you were a kid, if you have children, if you went to school yourself, when was the last time when you were in school that you had chicken wings? You never have chicken wings. They usually have like the boneless kinds, right? The nuggets. Right. Because kids could choke on them. This is like Sky Pippen. Like, I, 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 I'm not paying for the bones. Well, apparently the city of Harvey did. Literally paid for the bones. So, they don't even do it. And then the crazy part still, they don't know what she did with 11,000. 11,000 cases, cases of, of chicken, chicken wings. <laughs> well, you know, apparently, you know, you, I would like to believe you can't really eat 11,000 cases of chicken. Maybe you could, because we all love, you know, eating the bones, you know, slapping them dry in the end, like, you know, tossing them. But, okay, I have a theory. Oh, okay. I, I'd love to hear this. Okay, this is insider information for me, but... <laughs> it's like Gladys said the swap meet, like Cheryl Underwood said on the talk, right? <laughs> Yeah, so I might have heard from, <laughs> from the swap meet. You know how we talk about Lemon Pepper Lou and like his wings? Yeah. You know, and where he where those wings are sold? Okay, so I admit that in my younger days, there's a club <laughs> in Harvey <laughs> that has gone by different names. But it's a club of a certain set of establishments. <laughs> I.e. an adult entertainment strip club. A striptease establishment <laughs> that you might find Taggart and Rosewood at. Wait, 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 wait. I watched The Real House Five of Potomac. And there's a character by the name of Mia. And they asked if Mia was a stripper. And Mia said, no, I was a dancer and entertainer at a restaurant that served wings. Yes. <laughs> so so that's what this establishment was. If they don't get the Rosewood and Taggart line, which, by the way, I love the reference. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like Captain America. I understood that reference. <laughs> which tells us how old we are. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I have been to this establishment a few times in my younger days, and I have had the wings at this establishment. From way back, and the, the wings were actually fairly decent. And of course, you just went for the wings, right? Oh no, I went to <laughs> I, I, I went to see the wings. I went to see the breasts and the thighs, and uh, that sound you know here is Jennifer her JJ hitting Big Daddy, <laughs> amongst other things. But yes, uh, <laughs> big fan, of the, you know, of the drums. But yes, I would like to believe that, you know, she had to supplement her income and apparently she might have made a few uh, purchases in order to supplement the chicken at said establishment. Oh my gosh. So, there's one thought. Although I'm wondering maybe she just straight out sold them. Like, I can see her on the street with like boxes of chicken wings between you know, underneath her jacket. Is she kidnapping a wanna wing? Wanna buy a box? 
I got a box for you. This is almost like, you know, selling Girl Scout cookies. It literally fell off the van. <laughs> yeah. I got a box for your Super Bowl, you know, get-together. <laughs> I can get you a special box. <laughs> you know who would appreciate that? It's Okay, what's her name's character on Avid Elementary? The one who's, like, really tough? Sementi? Yes. <laughs> she She would probably... Wait a minute, are we talking about Melissa? Yeah, Mel- yeah, it's Melissa. Okay. <laughs> got, yeah, got submission, come doing things. <laughs> See, Melissa would under- Melissa would appreciate this. Yeah, because I'm like thinking, you know, if you're talking about Abbott Elementary, I'm thinking like, you know, uh, Miss Howard probably would not go for that. <laughs> That's not her thing. Miss <laughs> Howard would probably be the one driving off the bus with the wings. Let's be clear. <laughs> that would be the scam she would do. <laughs> wait a minute. We're talking. Wait a minute. You're no, no, Miss Howard not, would do. Not Miss Howard. Um, Melissa. No, not Melissa. The gosh, the principal. Oh, Ava. Ava. Okay, Ava yeah, would Ava, yeah. do that. Sorry, Ava, I misspoke. Yeah, in a minute, Ava would do that in a minute. <laughs> Ava's probably reading this. Go, damn! Why did I think of that? Have a side hustle a week. She'd open up the she'd open up the elementary for wings as a wing restaurant on weekend. Yeah, that I would I would purely appreciate. <laughs> that is definitely an Ava Coleman thing. Yes, that is Ava. Affidavit <laughs> writers, if you're listening, here's a freebie because we love your show. <laughs> All we ask is Quanta be a guest. <laughs> But yes, 11,000 cases of chicken wings. So we don't know where the chicken wings went. We now know that she's probably single-handedly responsible for the chicken wing shortage in Chicagoland. And for that, Vera Little, we stand a legend. Thank you. Even though, did we ever figure out uh, what the state of Illinois has done with Vera? Here's the thing. Right now, Vera is awaiting trial. But as of yet, we never figured out what happened to the wings. So, yeah, that is totally insane. That whole story. <laughs> we had a lot of fun trying to figure out what she did with with the 11,000 cases of wings. Although, now that I, I didn't know about that Harvey um, restaurant with entertainment. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of, of things about that club that were interesting, but at the same time, that was way in my past. I know nothing about that now. Hey, hey, hey. No judging. No judgment. <laughs> Dude, you're talking to someone who one time gave you Magic City Wings. What was it? It's a Valentine's Day present? Was it Valentine's or was it anniversary? It was anniversary. And it was one of the greatest anniversary gifts I have ever received. Yeah, so clearly I have no issues with that. And by the way, ladies, if you would like to order the Magic City Wings, uh, it's on Gold Belly. That's all I got to say. Best wings ever. Thank you, yeah. Lemon Pepper Lou. I would like to say, as a person who has received this, <laughs> I would personally endorse the wings. <laughs> I am a fan, and for yeah, for all you ladies out there, if you want to get that, you know, 
for a Valentine's Day gift for your man. <laughs> or your woman. Hey, we or your judge. woman. Hey, I'm if not discriminating. If they like wings, hey, whoever, they yeah. some sexy wings. They are some sexy wings. <laughs> and trust me, your significant other or that man you hanging out with, a woman, they that will person. very much appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> so, speaking of gifts, one gift that I probably wouldn't want, so like my transition here, is peeps. I think we've talked about <laughs> my dislike of peeps on the show. That said, I know that peeps are huge, have a huge fan base. Um, so, the third story we want to talk about briefly was the passing of the person who is known literally as the father of peeps. His name was Ira Bob Bourne. He is actually the second generation owner of a candy company called Just Bourne Quality Confections. And you guys may have heard of them because they, of course, are the main and only producer of Marshmallow Peeps. But then they also produce Mike and Ike's, which we've all had, and Hot Tamales. So he passed away at the age of 98 <clears throat> on January the 29th. So we want to take a moment to remember him because obviously, even though I've talked openly on the show that I think peeps come from like the third ring of hell and I'm not a fan at all. I know enough people and I have enough people in my life who truly love peeps that <laughs> we thought it would be worthwhile to share the story because he's a very interesting person, in my opinion. Okay. Um, and not only <clears throat> that he is largely credited for inventing peeps, but if you are like my friend from college who totally was like devoted to hot tamales, believe it or not, he invented hot tamales too. As well as... First of all, are we talking about hot tamales, the candy, or hot tamales as in hot tamales? Oh, no, the candy. He didn't okay. actually do the hot tamales, hot tamales. Okay, we just wanted to, <laughs> we want, just wanted to make sure we clarified. <laughs> in case Tucker heard us, Tuckums. <laughs> like the tacos, who he believes that's part of, he invented that, his culture. Of no, he, he did, did not. No, he can't take credit for actual hot tamales, but hot tamales, the candy. Yes, he did. Uh, and he's also... Was an engineer um, that he was really smart with machinery because it used to be, I guess, that they made marshmallow peeps by hand, and it took twenty seven minutes to make a sink. Oh no, twenty seven hours. Sorry, to make a single box of marshmallow treat peeps, and so he got in there, designed the machinery to mass manufacture the peeps, and it went from twenty seven hours per box to just six minutes per box. Six minutes is still a pretty large time to make one box of peeps. Yeah, but when you think about the massive drop in, you know, what it takes to produce one from 27 hours to six minutes, that's still an improvement. You got to give him his roses for that. So outside of it, I guess he works, he was well known in the community, so much so that, and this is true, I guess his full name again was Ira Bob born um but he went largely by bob and in the factory where the factory is housed in bethlehem pennsylvania there is a bob born day which in their community 
officially kicks off the first day of the Easter season. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean. So how exactly do you celebrate Bob Bourne Day? You know what? <laughs> um, I. That's a good question. <laughs> like, do you just go around and be like, yeah, we're just going to start, like, just overdosing on peeps until Easter. And at that point, we're like, we're so sick of them. We're like, well, either there we go to the dentist. Well, I, I figured the dentist probably celebrates that, too. <laughs> I agree. I imagine Bob Bourdain has a lot of peeps involved. So since he credited Peeps, yeah, it's it's sort of fascinating how he became synonymous with this particular candy. And the company itself, which is just born, was founded by his father, Sam Bourne. They've been around for over 100 years. And believe it or not, they produce all of this as far as providing the entire world with Peeps, which has 600 employees. In fact, according to the company's website, Peeps are actually the number one non-chocolate brand for Easter for over 20 years. And it's still family run. So even though Bob is no longer with us, I guess Rossborn was the CEO. And then, you know, someone named David Schaefer took over. So, yes, they are just all part of this. Okay. So I guess my question is because, okay, so Peeps, as famous as they are, they basically sell more Peeps and jelly beans around Easter. Well, I don't know about that, but they're, they, well, yeah, they would have to outside of chocolate, according to this, which is terrifying because that means that many people love Peeps. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure why our dog is going to town on my arm at this moment. Racky, are you wanting to give your opinion about Pete's? Our doggy producer has some thoughts, apparently. So with Bob's passing, wanted to just share some interesting things about Pete's to be able to honor him and his contributions. Okay. So, for example, since Pete's have been developed, they have been known for, of course, the standard flavor, which, again, in my opinion, is one the 12 rings of hell. But people really like Peeps so much that they actually produce, just like the Oreos that we talked about other, uh, earlier, um, limited flavors. So according to Mental Floss, the top 12 weird flavors you can get each Easter for Peeps include Blueberry Delight, Fruit Punch Peeps, also known as Red Kool-Aid Peeps, for those of us in the know. Yes. <laughs> of course... There is your standard pumpkin spice peeps. <laughs> I will not say a word. There are so many jokes I just can't make them. <laughs> I right know now. there are so many jokes. <laughs> We're gonna move on. <laughs> there is a cotton candy peeps, sour watermelon peeps, of course, bubblegum peeps, which I have tried, and I wanted to punch the person who gave that to me. Party cake peeps, red velvet peeps. Pancakes and syrups, peeps. Okay, I would like to only like ask the people who make peeps. So when you come out with chicken and waffles, peeps, 
Do you really want a chicken and waffles, peeps? No, I just thought it sounded good because <laughs> a peep looks like, you know, a chick. <laughs> and, well, either that or like, you know, some kind of like, you know, egg flavored. Okay, never mind. I'm going off on a bad tangent here. I was about to say, it would be disturbing to have like a chicken and then just have like a piece of wing or a leg or thigh be chicken and waffle. I don't think that's going to work very well. I'll just take flavor. <laughs> there is a caramel apple peeps, sweet lemonade peeps, and they have a mystery flavor. A mi- okay, wait a minute. A mystery flavor. <laughs> yes. Each Easter season, peeps release a selection of just plain white peeps, challenging customers to guess the flavor. So if you wanted to pick up your box, uh, they come out exclusively at Walmart. And what happens is you can even tweet the peeps at hashtag, or I'm sorry, at peeps brand using hashtag mystery peeps. And then you can share your thoughts on the flavor. Again, I don't want to look. They all taste like ass to me. So I don't even want to talk about that. I don't know. Maybe they're making peeps inside <laughs> of other peeps. Disguised as peeps. <laughs> okay. You know what? I love it. That's the closest as you've ever got to the actual quote. So, yes. <laughs> so, just so you know, peeps, like I said, was once made by hand. Did you know the first peep actually had wings? So, the candy manufacturer wanted to update their look. And this has actually come from the Farmer's Armanac, which also has facts about peeps. According to their maker, the number of peeps produced every year, if they are lined up, would circle the earth twice. That is a lot of peeps. That is a lot. That's a terrifying amount of peeps. But then, of course, you could take all these peeps, put them together, and make flotation devices out of them. Now, to answer your question about the peeps and how they used to celebrate it, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where peeps are, are, were born, peeps are so popular that they do not drop a ball every year on New Year's Eve. They drop a giant peep. Is a peep edible? <laughs> I'm not really sure. But they drop a giant peep. I like that. It's the annual dropping of the peep. <laughs> exactly. As you're watching a big yellowish orange, yellowish looking confection just drop, and you're like, "Ooh, have you ever eaten a peep frozen?" Actually, no. Have you? It's interesting with ice cream. I will say that. You know what? That might be a way to tolerate a peep. Speaking of eating peeps, did you know that two-thirds of people who eat peeps bite the head off first? And people actually do eat them frozen a lot, along with microwaving them, getting them stale first, or apparently this is really popular, believe it or not, putting them on pizza. Why? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, okay, I'm I'm on good <laughs> way, but like, 
I think every pizza I have ever had, with very few exceptions, has always been savory of some sort. Now I'm intrigued what adding a peep to a pizza would do. You know what? I would almost try that. Because think about over the years, all the sweet and savory connections that we have done. Like chicken and waffles. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, remember the time that we made, um, we made the, um, the peanut butter burger, the peanut butter cheeseburger. Yes. Yes. Over, for those of you who don't know, we started off as a um, food blog. And so over the years, we have actually tried some interesting pairings, which you can actually discover if you go to the gourmetgoober.com. But we have done a lot of unexpectedly sweet and savory things. So why not add a pizza pizza? Because I would, my answer to that would be like, it would come across as the the seventh ring. Of, <laughs> the seventh ring of hell. <laughs> oof. I just, I, 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 no, I can't do it. I'm sorry. The last thing I just wanted to point out, and this goes back to what I said before. Well, actually, there's two things. One, if you hate peeps like me in researching the story. Just so you know, there are Facebook groups that are out there that are dedicated to hating peeps. And there's actually a working hashtag that can be found on Instagram, tagging photos of marshmallow peeps meeting their demise. <laughs> so you can use the hashtag Peeps Massacre and amuse yourself by all of the various ways that people have taken joy in fucking up peeps. So to those who produce that content out there, thank you for the laugh. But okay, then, I fully endorse this. <laughs> At least the latter. <laughs> the other thing that's interesting to know is Marsh, the maker of Marshmallow Peeps, this Jets Barn Candy, they are known for one more thing. Okay, what's that? They manufacture sprinkles. Sprinkles! Yes! I love sprinkles. So if you've ever had sprinkles on an ice cream cone, a cupcake, you can thank the people at Jets Barn who actually invented the sprinkles, or as they are known to them. In New England? Yes, because sprinkles are not the real name of sprinkles. Oh. They're called Jimmy's. I'm sorry, <laughs> Jimmy's. Jimmy's. <laughs> like Fallon, like Kimmel. Yes. <laughs> like Stewart, like Carter. Yes. And this is funny because when I shared this with Big Daddy, we're the generation where we, let's just say we were around for the early days of hip-hop. And Jimmy's had another name when we were kids. Well, they went back. They were, <laughs> what's our word here? They they basically, Jimmy was a colloquialism. For a condom. Yeah. Yeah. The J, the, I, the M, the M, the Y. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So when we read that, we both literally laughed for 15 more minutes at our production meeting. And <laughs> figuring out that perhaps the name went from Jimmy's to Sprinkles. Because, you know, in certain hoods across the country, telling people that we're going to put Jimmy's on your ice cream probably didn't go as well as they thought it would. But if you're in New England, apparently that's what they call Sprinkles. Jimmy's. Which tells me a lot about New Englanders. <laughs> 
why yes, I'm pretty sure they were not consumers of the early days of hip hop. Otherwise, they probably would have changed that. Yes. <laughs> Bully. <laughs> I tell you, there would be no easier way to fuck some things up by putting the actual Jimmies, as we know them, on a cupcake. <laughs> Now with Jimmy's. <laughs> that would go so wrong so quickly. Yes. So for all of us here, thank you for inventing sprinkles. That makes up for you creating the peeps. And uh, thank you for changing that name. <laughs> and for Bob, thank you for at least creating the treat that even though I don't appreciate, <laughs> apparently thousands of people or millions of people around the world Definitely do. So I tell you what, we are going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to close out the show. We always do talking about the best thing we ate this week. So you're listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. We will be right back. Hey guys, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we're the co-hosts with the Gourmet Goober podcast with a very important question. Are you a little gourmet or a lot of wretched? <laughs> or maybe you consider yourself gumbo worthy. Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own Goober swag. From mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts, it's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober podcast and, you know, help us keep the lights on in the process. <laughs> So if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot ratchet, head on over to gooberswag.com, that's gooberswag.com, and get your very own goober gear today. Tell them Big Daddy sent you. That's right. Tell them. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we are back with the third section of the Gourmet Goober podcast called the best thing we ate this week. That's where we share recipes, restaurants, um, our favorite places, everything in between, whether it's a food truck, a hole in the wall dive, you name it. <laughs> if there's good food there, we will tell you about it. <laughs> so this week we will be sharing, it sounds like two recipes, which is weird. Okay. <laughs> well, we normally don't do it that way, but it, that's just how it kind of, Worked this way out. Well, I tell you what. Why don't you start first? Okay. And then <laughs> we will, and I will share my choice. Okay. <laughs> uh, the best thing I ate this week kind of came about because the goober had asked me about some bacon that she had in the refrigerator that was uh, towards the end of this. Mm, it, it needed, like, you know, to be used up before it started changing condition. So she said, hey, you know, we can do this or that. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll just kind of thumb around the internet, see if I can find something that was semi-healthy. And, of course, me being the most oh, semi-healthy, I just kind of came across this one random recipe for garlic rice with bacon bits that I just kind of threw together with the bacon and uh, and a little bit of broth. I kind of threw it together real quick in the recipe. I I fully admit I'm very bad with recipes, 
but I uh, just kind of got it together when the kitchen decided not try not to burn it down and I came across something that was actually very very good now I mean take it for granted yes it involves bacon and it it was spilling because it also used white rice and I'm usually a, a brown rice person but for the most part it was absolutely delicious to me and the best thing I ate this week no, it was really, really great. I have to say, it was it was a side dish, but we ate more of it than the rest of the meal. Because um, I know you served it with vegetables and a couple other things. but Yeah, I tried to stay healthy, but at the same time, yes. Hey, you put in vegetables. For you, that is work. Yes, it was. <laughs> I had to do what I got to do, but you know, I, I, usually I'm not a side dish person. Because usually I'm like, you know, dealing with the protein. But for the most part, I actually made it through in one piece. So it was the best thing I ate this week. Now, did you follow recipe or did you just use the recipe as a base and just kind of went from there? Because I do that all the time where I start with the recipe and then it's just sort of like a happy accident that it turned out as great as it did. Uh, We'll go on the happy accident. (laughs) part of the program (laughs) there are things that i usually don't like do like usually my rice when i make it is always separate i never really until i have to because i'm always bad with making you know rice that i i I just threw it together and the happy accident occurred so that was the best explanation i could give you You know, that is a good point, because normally when it comes to stuff like that, you don't like mixing your food. Like, he's very much a separate rice kind of thing. Like when he eats, when I make him gumbo, when I used to travel all the time and make gumbo, the gumbo, like the soup, the stew base, (laughs) or whatever you want to call it, the gumbo part. (laughs) <laughs> it's supposed to be eaten with the rice. And you always ate them separately. Like, I could never understand why I would make you a whole week's worth of gumbo and it would be gone in, like, two days. And then I realized, oh, well, I just ate that and the rice separately. No, the rice is supposed to help stretch the gumbo. Like, you never figured that out. So the idea that you served me a rice dish that's all mixed together... I have to admit, I was kind of impressed with that. No, I'm that is growth. No, if someone <laughs> serves me gumbo, you know, with the rice mixture involved, yeah, I mean, I eat it, and, and I that's enjoy the way it. it's supposed to be eaten. So anyway, <laughs> in terms of gumbo, yes, pretty much I start. I mean, if if it's served to me like you know mixed together, then yeah, I eat it and I enjoy it. But if you know putting together like you know in a container. If there's rice over here, and then there's gumbo over here, somehow the, as you would say, the soup or the stew and the rice kind of stay separated. Because I'm a military man who's never been in the military, and I like military meals. I like, you know, the separate, you know, but equal. Okay, LL Cool J from Toys. We get it. Exactly. (laughs) Well... My choice for the best thing we ate this week actually was a recipe that I made. 
And I will be sharing that recipe on our website because I love it that much. Um, I don't know if you guys are a fan of nochi. Nochi is something that I love, but you have to have it prepared in a certain way for me to really get in, into it. I actually came across a packet of nochi because we subscribe to Imperfect Foods. I think I talked about this on the show where the idea with Imperfect Foods is there's stuff that is close to the end of their shelf life. Maybe there's extra food that would have gone, it would have been destroyed, for example. And they repackage those items and sell it to consumers to help eliminate waste. Now, I, I recently learned that they were acquired by another company that does the same thing, Misfits Foods. So if you guys are listening and think, oh, that sounds like Misfits Foods, that's because, one, it is the same idea. And two, Misfits Foods, I guess, recently acquired Imperfect Foods. So, hey, <laughs> what I'm talking to you would definitely affect you as well if you're a part of that. So I like Imperfect Foods because, again, it's it helps me get you know, fruits and vegetables and healthy things shipped to us, especially a lot of items that unfortunately due to where we live in our neck of the woods and the Midwest, we don't always get our hands on. Um, so in this case, one of the great items that they ordered, they packed in my box that I kept was the nochi. And I thought, hmm, what would go great with nochi? Well, I prepared a chicken and spinach, creamy chicken and spinach nochi. And it was really a great recipe. Again, I'll share it. The fabulous thing about it is you can pair it all in one pan, which is heaven sent because I make dinner every night and it helps me not leave the kitchen look like a tornado went through it. Um, or at least tries to anyway. Um, really simple ingredients. Oh, we're talking about heavy cream. I added the original recipe I saw, it was supposed to be for mushrooms, but Big Daddy's not a fan of mushrooms. So I substituted mushrooms for chicken, and then I threw in some uh, spinach that we had on hand, which I normally use the spinach for smoothies, but my <laughs> blender blew up, as I mentioned earlier. So yeah, it it was sort of a good amalgamation of just really clean and clean ingredients and it turned out really well and of course I topped it off with some shredded parmesan cheese it was really heavenly so heavenly in fact I had some for breakfast this morning I just went ahead and said forget it it was that good nice um even big daddy who is not a nochi fan nope you ate the heck out of that I did which I was really impressed. I was just like, wow, it is Big Daddy approved. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Mikey, you know. I kind of gave my approval in the corner. But at the same time, like, it, I was very, very impressed. So, yeah, i just so proud of that recipe. And it's just something that, you know, it's very quick and easy to put together with stuff that you most likely have in your pantry and or in the freezer. And, you know, the best part, like I said before, it was done in 30 minutes. So yeah. it's rare that we both have recipes that we both make. Yeah, <laughs> make the it's ones very we make rare. Ourselves. Very rare for me. <laughs> like, my recipe is like, you know, I can play the baseline, but, you know, 
I will go on so many different variants and strains because it's just, you know, it's sight on, you know, you just kind of go with the feeling that the ancestors give you. If well, they say season, I season. If it just doesn't look right, just I just kind of don't do it. Okay. Well, on that note, I just wanted to take an opportunity to say thanks again for listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. Big Daddy, where can they hear you? Or where can they catch you online? Okay, you can find me online at T Outlaw. That would be on Elon Musk Twitter. And you can also find me on Instagram at T Outlaw Josie Wells. And hopefully both of those recipes will be available online for your consumption. Yeah, they'll be online on our website at thegourmetgoober.com. By the way, you can always drop us a line at thegourmetcooper at gmail.com. That's where you can share your own best thing you ate this week and maybe hear it on the show, thoughts on the show, um, feedback, anything you want. That's the place to do it. Also, you can find us at Facebook, like I said earlier, at the Gourmet Goober blog, because we started off as a blog. And, of course, you can always reach me, JJ Outlaw, at JJ Outlaw on Twitter and at Gourmet Cooper on Instagram. Yes. Oh, one last thing, because I know that if you follow our Instagram page, our official doggy producer, Braxton, has been doing kind of an Instagram takeover where he has been posting on the site. <laughs> Wait a minute. This dog doesn't have thumbs. Yeah, but hey... Our our dog, our dog is very very popular on the gram. Just so you know. Okay. <laughs> so, those of you who inquired know he does not have an Instagram page yet, although he may soon. Because you know, we got to take care of our viral superstar over here. Oh, good lord! <laughs> but in the meantime, for all you guys listening. Thank you so much for being a part of the Gourmet Goober podcast. Oh, go ahead and check us out. By the way, I know I mentioned it earlier as far as us being featured on Apple Podcasts. So thanks again for that. And we'll put the link in the show notes as well. So until next time, happy eating. Happy eating.